the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Jim Clark. Tonight on Contending for the Faith, we are going to hold off on our series on strong delusions as it relates to the three Ds. And Dr. Buckner will bring us a special message with a unique title on six E-ments of God that will bring special blessings in our lives if we live up to the obedience to his will. Stay tuned to hear about this and much, much more, for we are not pretending, but contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you doing tonight? Brother Jim, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed by the program tonight and encouraged by the program tonight as well. Uh, well, Brother Jim has uh, given uh, you uh, the title that I'll be bringing tonight, uh, and I'll be talking about a unique title, a different title, and it's uh, entitled The Six Ements of God. That's spelled E-M-E-N-T-S. The Six Ements of God. What a title. Uh, and we will uh, trust that uh, you will be blessed by it as I break it down, what I mean by the Six uh, Ements of God. These all sound alike, and if we live in obedience to God's will, ways, and works, our life, all of these Ements will bring fulfillment in our lives on a daily basis, and we will also find victory in our lives, too. All of these ements start with the letter E, and they end with the letter M, ements of God. And they are memorable principles and transforming principles for our life as well. Well, the first one, uh, ements, is number one, is enlightenment, enlightenment. Uh, when we get saved and surrender our lives completely over to God and walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh, then the Holy Spirit will bring into our lives enlightenment. The Holy Spirit will illumine us and inspire us to do the will, ways, and works of God. A lot of people are into perspiration, but not inspiration. <laughs> We live in a world of speculation and not revelation, but when we get enlightenment, when we experience enlightenment, that comes only by the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Holy Trinity. Now the second immense of God is enjoyment. When we experience true enlightenment, the things that follows is true enjoyment. That only comes by the Holy Spirit as well. A lot of people today uh, want to fall in a battle between two H's, and that is 
they want to be happy, but they don't want to be holy. Uh, the Lord wants us to be holy, and that's the thing that brings true uh, enjoyment. You know, the world today talks about, you know, be happy. Well, the Lord wants us to not just be happy. He wants us to be holy, and that's the thing that brings true uh, happiness and true happiness in the relationship to enjoyment. And this is what we want to experience every day of our lives. The third event that follows behind that is encouragement. When you experience the enjoyment, what follows is true encouragement. There are so many people in our churches and outside our churches who are not ever experiencing encouragement. And they uh, are not experiencing encouragement themselves. Therefore, they don't know how to be an encouragement to others. Why? Because they have not experienced the enjoyment of the Lord. And the enjoyment of the Lord brings these blessings of encouragement uh, and uh, blessings in our lives so that we can be a blessing to others in the church and outside the church. We have so many people today that are self-centered and to themselves. Why? Because they have so much. They've experienced so much selfishness that they don't know how to experience the enjoyment. But when we deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him and get self out of the way, dethrone self and enthrone the Holy Spirit, then God will give us that enjoyment that, that naturally leads to encouragement of others in our family, the church, community, and etc. You know, we won't get into the spirit of uh, too many hypocrites in the church. No, we will realize that, you know, uh, there's hypocrites everywhere, you know, even on the job. You don't uh, leave your job because there's hypocrites on your, your job and hypocrites in your family. You know, that's a poor excuse. And Jesus said, let the tares and the wheat grow together. In my day, I will do the separating. We're trying to play God when we have this type of mentality. The number four emits is enablement. And when you experience that enjoyment, what follows is enablement to do what you can't do in and of yourselves. And Christ is the one that brings that enablement. And we find that the scripture that goes with this is Philippians 4 and 13, where the Apostle Paul says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthen me. You know, he's the one that strengthens you to be enabled, to fall into the enablement, to do what you can't do in and of yourselves. And number five, the fifth immense of God is empowerment, empowerment. You see, when I have experienced the immense of God, this is the list that goes down, is the enlightenment, then the enjoyment, the encouragement, the enablement, and uh, we also experience the empowerment. And you see, the empowerment has to do with the not only the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in my life, but the endowing of the Holy Spirit in my life and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in my life, where we allow him to not only take resident but become president in our life. And we start to be empowered by the Holy Spirit for service and witness-bearing. You know, God wants to empower us with two Greek words for power. The first one is exousia. 
That means authority. You remember in John 1 and 12, he says, As many as received them, to them gave he the power, the authority to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And then we find the another Greek word for power is Acts 1 and 8. And that's the Greek word dunamis, which translated to be dynamite. The Holy Spirit wants to not only empower us with the exousia, but the dunamis, the dynamite power in our lives to transform us and others in our community. Number six, and lastly, when we experience all of these uh, first events of God, now that, that is something very important for us to understand. When we experience the first one, enlightenment, the second one, enjoyment, the third one, encouragement, the fourth one, enablement, the fifth one, empowerment, then the last one that we will experience from the empowerment is equipment. The equipment has to do with a military word, and it has to do with equipping. You see, when we get equipped by the Holy Spirit, that means that we're putting on the full armor of God. We're ready for battle. That's why uh, Ephesians chapter 6 is the last chapter in Ephesians, and it saves the equipment, the equipping of the saints for the work of God. So we need that full armor on to deal with the battle. We've said it over and over. If you don't get equipped, you will get whipped by the enemy. So we need to understand from Ephesians six ten through 18, we need to have this equipment on and we need to be equipped. There's a war between the two E's today. In our churches today, We've made the mistake of putting so much emphasis upon evangelism, and we hardly ever talk about equipping of the saints. See, equipping of the saints have to do with also discipleship. The thing that makes you a good evangelist is because you become a great equipper and you've been equipped in the Lord, equipped for the work and service of the Lord. And this is what God wants to call us to do. Now, let me say this in closing and conclusion by Conclusion, okay, in terms of these events of God. Let me review them one more time. <clears throat> Number one is that the events of God is enlightenment. God wants to enlighten us, and that only comes when we have been born again. We've been, been transformed by the Holy Spirit, and our minds constantly being transformed every day by the Word of God, the renewing of the Word of God. Number two is in enjoyment. God wants to give us a joy. And he not only wants to give us just a joy, but an exceeding joy that talks about in Jude 24 and 25, an exceeding joy, a great joy, a joy that nobody can take it away from you, not even Satan. And thirdly, encouragement. You know, we need to be encouraged by the Holy Spirit so we can be an encouragement to others. And we'll stop being so negative. You know, we're so negative because we are not encouraged by the Holy Spirit ourselves. Then fourthly, enablement. We need that enablement. You know, we talk about enabling our children and our family and our people in the church. Well, we need to be enabled, experience that enablement ourselves through the Holy Spirit as well. And then fifthly, the empowerment. We need to be empowered every day because we're dealing with a powerful foes out in the world. We're dealing with powerful foes in terms of the, the devil, the flesh, and the world. And so we need power to deal with all of that. And sixthly, equipment. We need to be into the equipping of the armor of God. And when we have all of these events of God working in our lives, we become very powerful and we stand 
in the victory of God because we have that full armor on. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says regarding the immense of God, the sixth immense of God, and may we apply this to our lives every day, and we will stand in that victory, because the victory is already won. We just got to stand in it now. People will be praying, oh, I want to be victorious. Well, you've been victorious since the cross. If you stand in the arm of God, you will be victorious every day. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Jim. Dr. Buckner, that is awesome. And uh, I just I see in here the natural progression of a Christian from the time that they're new, newly born to the time that they hopefully get to this step. We'll talk more about that when we get back from this break, and we look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. Once again, my name is Jim Clark, and I'm in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. We want to begin by thanking everyone who has been diligently praying for Contending for the Faith. Without your prayers and financial support, we would never have been on the air for so long. It costs us $400 a week to stay on. We cannot do this alone, and we are listener-supported and need your help. We want to thank those who gave this past week, Gail, Mary, June, uh, Judy, Jackie, Diane, and Ronald, Jim, and Kim. We don't want you to turn on the radio one Saturday night and find out that we have gone off the air due to a lack of support. If you are blessed by Dr. Buckner's teachings and this program, won't you partner with us financially? to keep this vital ministry on the air? There are two ways you can donate. You can send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Or you can simply go onto your computer to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the Donate button. It's that easy. And we would love to get your support. But uh, before we uh, get back to that, I'd also like to let you know, uh, every once in a while we get encouraging letters from our listeners, and we like to read them on the air because, you know, that's the kind of people we are. And so <laughs> here we go. Uh, hello, my big brothers. Dr. Buckner, I would like to say this is the best radio program ministry that come on Saturday on KFAX. Thanks to all of you. I am encouraged with the questions that, we're, that you're, the callers have and now you have them to read the scriptures to all of us who are listening. Uh, here is just a small love offering with the help uh, to help with the weekly costs. Uh, blessings and love, Judy. Well, Judy, thank you so much. We love to get uh, you know messages of encouragement like this, and of course the financial support. So uh, we thank you for that as well. And Dr. Buckner. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to cover? Oh, actually, I had some, a question or something I just wanted to talk about what you're in your teaching. Yes. Before we get to the callers, and that was on your emens, uh, as I mentioned before the break, this is a natural progression for the Christian uh, that I see here that you've been teaching, and that is uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit comes upon somebody and they become enlightened. They, they rapidly are are uh, filled with enjoyment about that and, and encouragement. So there's your first three right there. Uh, so I think I see most Christians coming into the first three of this list rather quickly. But the enablement, empowerment, and equipment, I would say that there are fewer and fewer Christians that actually make it through those levels. And uh, I would say that uh, some most of us probably got to get lost in enablement. That is so true. And I think, too, uh, it can start also with number one as well, 
in the sense that if you're not constantly being inspired mm-hmm. uh, through um, God speaking to you and uh, revealing uh, himself to you and how he wants you to live and how he wants you to act and how he wants you to walk in sanctification and that sort of thing, the holy, righteous life, then everything else will fall apart because you've got to be guided by the Spirit of God. And what has happened today because of sin in people's lives that they have quenched the Holy Spirit and therefore they are not enlightened and they are become informed more by the devil than God mm-hmm. and the flesh. See, the flesh can inform you too. The flesh can enlighten you. The flesh can uh, inform you and Satan too. So you got to make sure that you're listening to uh, the Spirit of God because that's the true enlightenment uh, in the midst of the counterfeit enlightenment. So this number one kind of sets the stage for everything else. And if uh, we're off target with that and we are being controlled by the flesh, the devil, and the world, then we're going to be in great trouble. I uh, would like to say that I do find it very encouraging that you consistently teach and preach on Ephesians 6 because that is where this all meets. Yeah, we have to be in the Word. We have to be putting on the armor of God. And otherwise, the world is going to chew us up and spit us out. Oh, absolutely. And I want to say this as well uh, before we get to the callers. Uh, for those who didn't make it to our last class on spiritual gifts, uh, you missed out on a great spiritual food as well as physical food as well. Uh, at the end of each semester, we not only have, uh, we don't have what is called um, a potluck because we discourage that word because there's nothing behind luck. Uh, <laughs> but we uh, use the term uh, bless pot. Bless pot. <laughs> <laughs> bless pot. Because we really, uh, the, the people that didn't make it, uh, to the class, you again, you missed out on some good teaching as well as some good food. And we had uh, several people uh, make some good stuff. Brother Scott uh, made some award-winning uh, chili, and Sister Carolyn made some great lasagna. We had some fried chicken, potato salad, macaroni. It's making me hungry just thinking about it. And uh, my wife made a, a apricot uh, nectar cake. Mm. And so uh, it was really just an awesome time that uh, we had uh, fellowshipping around that as well as breaking bread and breaking, uh, you know, physical bread as well. So we want to encourage people uh, to uh, consider taking the next class. It'll be in September. It'll be the last part of the spiritual gift series. And uh, I'll be dealing with that for four weeks. And so we want to encourage people to uh, consider that in September, the second week, and I'll be getting into a lot of the rewards because a lot of people have never been taught in churches about the rewards because that's something to look forward to, and that's something also to encourage us to get with our spiritual gifts because we will be judged before God regarding that. All right, well, let's get to uh, our callers. Uh, who do we have first? I think we have Cece. Cece, uh, how are you doing? on the line. Are you there? Yeah, yeah, how you guys doing? We are truly blessed. How about yourself? Uh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Well, we trust that you got encouraged by the word tonight. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I don't even. I, I think encouraged. I had to find a couple other words to go with that too. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely did though. Uh huh. Out of all of these uh, six elements of God, 
Which one ministered to you the most? The one that ministered to me the most, and then I'll, I'll give some sub thoughts. I'll give like some sub thoughts that'll be adjacent to them. Is when you said when the opening dissertation, when you opened up by the way of introduction, you talked about if we live in obedience, and I believe that's where a lot of Christians actually miss it. Is is living in obedience, you know, because. And I think where, where, you know, I believe the blessings of God is predicated upon our obedience and upon what Jesus Christ did upon the cross. And I think a lot of Christians miss it, too. This gets a lot of people is um, being sexually active and not being married. And I really believe that in terms of that, that I strongly believe in what the Bible teaches, that a, a man or a woman should not be in sexual conjugation unless they are married to each other and they'll be faithful to each other in that marriage. And then there's a lot of other stuff that goes along with it. But that obedience part, I believe, gets a lot of people. They can quote Bible verses. They look nice when they come to church and, you know, and do, you know, you know a lot of other different stuff, but that's where they miss it at. And then the other one um, that really spoke out to me, too, is uh, a lot of them did, but when you said empowerment, a lot of people say, well, I'm too weak. You know, I, I can't do that. There's so much temptation, but that's why he gives us his spirit. And you used, and you gave two, two powerful Greek words. Um, you used exousia, and then you used in Acts chapter 1-8, dunamis, which is two powerful words. And for him to use that in the Greek is showing us how much power that we have in us. So it's not really an excuse. And I'm not saying that people won't make mistakes, because we, we all make mistakes. But is when you continue to live a lifestyle like that, you're not being empowered by God. You're not. You're not living obedience. Then the last one I like that you use is when you said the equipment, which is the full armor, which is that that is that that puts the icing on the cake. You know, people are not putting the armor on, and I've been guilty of it too a lot of times. You know, not putting the armor on, and 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 I, I end up getting beat up. And then I remember what you said, and I, I quote these verses, and I keep quoting Ephesians six ten, and there's power in that. And so people. Are going out there and and they're in the battlefield, like you said, and they don't have their armor on. Mm-hmm. So well said. We appreciate that feedback, uh, brother CC. And uh, what's on your heart tonight? What uh, question you have? I want to ask you in Second Timothy chapter three, and verses one and two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why don't you read that? Okay. No problem. It says this. Know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to their parents, unthankful, and unholy. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is uh, a real good uh, question, but as well as a good, uh, powerful chapter, because uh, the uh, Apostle Paul is writing to young Timothy. Uh, regarding um, the last days, and the last days uh, started since the cross, you know, uh, the uh, eschatology, that's a word speaking about the doctrine of the last days, and we have to say that it began with the cross, and Paul is basically uh, encouraging uh, Timothy, young, this young preacher, to be aware uh, of this, the last days, perilous times, as he says, the last days, perilous times shall come. And uh, they have come, and they are upon us today uh, in every which way. Everywhere you turn, there's uh, perilous things happening everywhere. Uh, The world is getting worse and worse, and 
um, they're doing what uh, it says in the Old Testament, uh, is that the man is doing what is right in his own eyes. And so uh, we even think about uh, this thing over in San Francisco, this, uh, all these people getting, uh, you know, just high off of pot. And uh, it's a man doing what is right in his own eyes and just uh, the violence and all of the, um, the marching and Jesus is not in there, the killing and all of the, uh, the things that's going on in our world we're talking about everywhere, uh, you know, uh, border control, gun control, but not, nobody's talking about God control. See, nothing else will get under control until we get under God control. And so things are out of control because the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy and telling us that we're living in perilous times, and it is true. And now, when you, without going into all of these things, uh, you'll have to do some deep research on it, but I'm just going to say this as an overview this is uh, this chapter characterizes our day and age in which we live. This chapter here, you know, Second Timothy chapter three, uh, verses one through, and this is a brutal list. This is a savage list, and this spells out the savage, brutal, animalistic nature of man in the last days. Now, all of it gives birth from. The first, uh, the second verse, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. See, you notice that it says that they will be lovers of them, their own selves. It doesn't say that they're going to be lovers of uh, God. See, this is the thing that's bringing our world down all the way from the church house, the white house, the ranch house, and those who have no house. Men have become lovers of themselves, and you think about uh, Hollywood. You think about uh, how they can get together and uh, have all of these Oscar awards and all of that and never give God the praise, never uh, say, I thank God. They'll look up and say, I thank uh, whoever was a director that died and went on, and he's up there looking down, but nothing about God. Man has become lovers of themselves, and this is happening not only outside the churches, but inside the churches. A lot of churches now, uh, you're finding that uh, they're hardly using a Bible. You know, you listen to somebody like a Joel Osteen, has one of the biggest churches in in America, and uh, he's a motivational speaker, and he is making people feel good uh, when he came up to the Bay Area. And he started uh, speaking, I think he spoke at the Oracle, and people came out of there saying, I've really been motivated, but nobody talking nothing about Jesus. See, so we're living in a day and age where man has become lovers of themselves, and they are talking about everything other than God. And so what follows with this love of themselves and not a love for God, this is that brutal, savage uh, demonic list where they he goes on to say covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to their parents, unthankful, unholy. All of this follows from that first verse because they fail to love God. And 
This is why the judgment of God is coming upon America. And Billy Graham was right when he said, if God doesn't judge America, he'll have to apologize for what he did to Sodom and Gomorrah. This is the day and age we're living in. And we need to pray for not only our world, but our churches, because a lot of them have fallen away from the, the, the loving God like the way they should. Well, this is what I want to say on this, and you have anything you want to also add to this, Brother Jim? Oh, man, you really covered it right there. Uh, but, yeah, I agree with you. I say we are in those days now, and if you look at this, uh, what's going on in the world today, uh, on, the, on the world scene with wars you know, and rumors of wars, that uh, uh, we should, you know, our awareness should be quite heightened as Christians as to the time and the day that we're in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. we got to get back to God, Cece. That's the only answer for us today. Uh, we need to repent of being lovers of ourselves. Uh you have any prayer requests? Uh, yes, if you could um, pray for my mother, Rosalinda, uh, my family, um, my sister, M. She needs direction on a lot of stuff on her job and financing and different things. And... Um, also, you can um, pray for. I have a, a friend, mother of mine, that has ovarian cancer, and she was given six months to live, and um, the six months is almost up. And I just was praying that God would work a miracle in her life. And then, if you can lift up the celebrity Mayweather, because I know they, I know uh, somebody tried to kill him, they shot his car up, but he wasn't hit by the bullet, so he, the devil's definitely trying to take him out. He needs help. And continue to pray. I've been want to continue to pray for the rapper Eminem. He's been on my heart. All right. Well, let's uh, go before the Lord in prayer on all these prayer requests. Okay. Um, Cece, you said that you had a friend that's uh, with cancer? Uh, my friend's mother has, has ovarian cancer and was given six months to live, and the, the six months is almost up, is almost up, and I just want to pray to God would just work a miracle. Sure. And uh, the celebrity Mayweather, is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, the boxer, boxer Mayweather, somebody... Uh. I might try to kill him a few days ago. They, they shot up his car, but the bullets didn't hit him. So, and, yeah, and Eminem. Okay, yeah. we've got just a minute and a half left, so let me, uh, let me get to this. Lord, we, uh, we thank you, Father, that you are a great God. And, Father, we pray for uh, Rosalinda, Cece's mom, and Sister M. Lord, we pray that uh, you would give them wisdom, and, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would come upon them, and that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit, and that they would be empowered, and they would be equipped to be able to serve the Lord the way that God has intended. And, Father, we pray for the friend of C.C.'s mother who's uh, been diagnosed with cancer, Lord, and we know that this is a killer. It's, uh, it's taking so many people. But, Lord, you are a great God. You are the great physician, and you can heal. And, Lord, we pray that you would bring a healing, and that healing would bring a glorification of you. And, Lord, we pray for uh, the, the boxer, uh, Meriwether, uh, Mayweather, rather. and, uh, Lord, we just pray that you would protect him if somebody's uh, threatening his life, Lord Jesus. We pray that you uh, would just bring peace to this situation, Lord. And we pray for uh, Eminem, Lord, uh, the rapper, and we pray that uh, your Holy Spirit would come upon him and that he would be, have a radical conversion for Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you because you are a great God, and we lift up these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, CC. God bless you. And all of you who have uh, called in, hang in there. When we come back from the commercial break, we'll get right to you. Awesome. And we will like, we'd like to hear from you after this break as well. Good evening and welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark. I'm in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And we are answering your questions and taking your calls. 
Uh, right now, we'd uh, like to go ahead and uh, go on on a call with Jermaine. Jermaine, are you there? Well, yeah, I'm here. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good. Well, very good that you get a chance to hear the word tonight. You know, unfortunately, Dr. Buckner, I, I was in a store, and the signal cut off and came back on as soon as the sermon was over, so I, I'm going to have to get the CD for this one. Yes, yes, you definitely want to get the CD because you'll be blessed by the immense of God, and uh, and we can work that out with you. You just get the, um, you know, address and contact us. You have my number, and we can uh, work it out for you. And, uh, okay, I'll get up on that. Amen. And what's uh, on your heart tonight? Well, I just wanted to uh, talk about exorcisms. Um, I know the movies kind of sensationalized the uh, you know the event, and I know it's a real thing, and it's probably a little more rare than than you know, some people have you believe. But I, I was reading an article that was forwarded to me about how the Catholic Church, I think, at the Vatican was having like a exorcism school for some folks, and they pay a certain amount, and they come over, and it, it was just kind of strange to me, and I was I was just wondering. What is exactly that qualifies someone to to do an exorcism? And, and I know it's not a thing to be taken lightly. And I think I can count on one hand a couple of people who've ever told me they've had an encounter like that, and and every single one of them was was uh, changed after I found that they they weren't making jokes about it. It was very real, and their faith seemed to kind of get deeper after whatever they experienced. But I don't know if you can have, like, a school for it. So I just want to hear your opinion on that. Like, what, what does the Bible say who can do exorcism and who can't? Well, that's a very good question, and it's a good question in the sense that uh, you hardly ever hear a question like that. <clears throat> and uh, dealing with the issue of exorcism in general, uh, and it's something that uh, most Protestant churches <clears throat> excuse me, uh, sway away from, uh, and when they are confronted with it, uh, they don't know what to do. Uh, I, I believe that, uh, you know, uh, that Jesus has laid out uh, what is the qualifications. Uh, and, and he basically uh, trained his disciples uh, and he uh, trained them to be disciples. And in that training, he not only trained them to uh you know, do miracles, but he trained them to do uh, exorcism and healings and that sort of thing. And that same power that he trained them to have, he's also given it to the church. Uh, that's why Jesus made it clear that the gates of hell should not prevail against the church. <clears throat> and that same uh, exorcia authority and dunamis power, dynamite power, is given to the church. I think that the Catholic Church in uh, the issue of dealing with exorcism and stuff like that, they seem to uh, have more of a jump on us because of the fact that uh, they um, have had uh, occurrences and uh, situations where they've had to deal with uh, exorcism, uh, that sort of thing. And the training aspect is uh, it can be a good thing because uh, even though uh, the demons fear three things, they fear the name of Jesus. That's the greatest thing that they fear. 
And we find that uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, in Acts chapter 16, uh, when he was dealing with the young girl that uh, had the spirit of divination, uh, she was disrupting the prayer meeting that uh, Paul and Silas was having, and uh, the devil was using her, and they was using her also as a prostitute, uh, where the magistrates and the people were getting money off of her. And the Apostle Paul looked at the spirit behind her. See, oftentimes when we are in spiritual warfare dealing with uh, the demoniac, we oftentimes look at people rather than what is behind them. And that's one of the reasons why the church is powerless today. And, and it tells us in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Well, when your mind is so set up on battling with people, then the devil has one tricked and we lose power in dealing with the demoniac. So Paul, when he saw this young girl, uh, had the spirit of divination. She was into the occult. He said, come out in the name of Jesus. And they said, within that hour, that spirit left her. That's the type of power we need today. And Paul was a person who walked with Jesus in the sense of uh, Jesus called him. And he walked with Jesus in the sense of that calling. And he was able to perform those miracles and, and exorcism as well. And uh, so <clears throat> so the qualifications basically is somebody who's been discipled, somebody who actually walks with the Lord, who uh, understands Scripture, who's filled with the Holy Spirit, and uh, whether you go through training or not. Training is always good in the sense that you're being equipped and you're being trained to deal with it. And that's what the Catholic Church is doing. They don't want just to throw somebody out there to uh, deal with um, any form of exorcism without some form of training and helping them to know what you're up against. I'm going to kind of give you an example. My mentor, Walter Martin, uh, was dealing one time with an exorcism. And uh, he wasn't there, but the, there was about 15 to about 15, 10 to 15 ministers that were uh, dealing with a young girl who actually... Uh, was the daughter of a missionary, and she was uh, not saved at the time, and she was dealing with the occult, and she got possessed with uh, probably close to a 100 demons, and this is well documented, and what happened was um, these ministers were trying to deal with her in a room in a hotel, and the girl was so, it was like less than uh, 100 pounds, and she was knocking these ministers all over the place, and then they were commanding the demons to go out in the name of Jesus, and they were starting to come out, and then all of a sudden, she, the demons in her switched over and started speaking in different languages, and that threw the ministers off, and what they did was they called uh, my mentor, Walter Martin, and they talked with him, and they said, we don't even know how to deal with this because... Uh, this the demons are speaking in different languages. And Walter Morton said, that's a trickery of the enemy. What you do is you command those spirits to go back to speaking English, and boom, they went right back to speaking English. And they were able to exercise all those uh, demons out, and then all of a sudden she jumped up from the bed and said, 
I'm fine. I'm okay. Now, one of the things in dealing with an exorcism, and I've been dealing, and I've dealt with some. One of the things that's important is that a person, when the demons are out, they immediately re- repent and confess the sins. This girl jumped up and said, I'm okay, I'm fine, and Walter Martin was listening to the conversation and said, no, she's not. That last demon refused to go out. And what he ended up doing is saying, command that one demon to get out of her. And it took them about two to three additional hours to get that last one out because it was stubborn and it refused to go. And then when it went out of her, she was able to confess her sins and repent of it. So... This is a topic uh, or a issue, a situation that uh, Christians do need to uh, be equipped, and they need to have some training, and they need to understand Scripture, and they need to understand the principles of how the Apostle Paul and and Peter and all of them dealt with it. And you don't have to be uh, somebody with a Ph.D or gone through an extreme amount of training, but you need some basic training, and you need to be uh, understand Scripture, and you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and execute the name of Jesus because they fear above all. Demons fear above all the name of Jesus. Secondly, they fear prayer. And thirdly, they fear the cross. And all those three things right there, they fear the most, and especially the name of Jesus. And anytime you bring yourself in the presence of prayer, they got to leave. So when a husband and a wife, I'm going to say this to the husbands and wives, because I know that there sometimes can be tension. And as long as you allow tension to grow, the enemy will get both of you. Immediately you have to grab somebody. The stronger one has to grab the other person's hand and say, let's pray right now. Because the enemy is trying to get in our marriage, get in our home. And when you do that, they leave because they want nothing to do with the presence of God. That's why when the demoniac man saw Jesus, he said, Are you come to torment me before my time? They want nothing to do with Jesus, and they want nothing to do with prayer. And every time they see a cross, it reminds them of the victory that Jesus did at the cross. And so that's something important for us to understand, and hopefully some of the stuff I've said to you is helpful, and um, I can give you further information and some books and recommend some things to you as well. And there is one book as well that I can talk to you about that later on where a particular minister, and that's a whole different story, uh, went through an exorcism in a town, and he really didn't want to deal with it, and he was forced to. And he was able to actually exercise some demons in, in that situation there. And it's a well-known book. I can talk to you about that some other time. So hopefully this, okay, is, this has helped you out. Yeah, it helped me out a lot. I appreciate that. It was, uh, it was more than I expected, but that, that's why I call you guys. So. Yes, yes. And, and I would recommend to people, you know, to, uh, that's why I'm in the Bay Area. I have a, over 40 years of training. Uh, it's always good to... Uh, you know, call people who got the experience and the training. Don't jump out there on your own. And just, uh, you know, God is calling upon us to be wise uh, as a serpent and calm as a dove. 
and uh, to uh, seek counsel because there's wisdom in the multitude of counselors. So you're doing the right thing and calling in. We always enjoy your questions as well. All right. Thank you very much, Dr. Buck. All right. God bless you. All right. Well, that's a very interesting story. I was actually thinking about um, an experience I didn't personally witness. Um, it was at a church that I was going to many years ago, and there was a woman that was attending the church, and she was she didn't profess to be a Christian, but she was showing up on Sundays, and very quiet Asian woman. She was, uh, you know, kind of kept to herself, and. Uh, on a weekend that I happened to be away, this happened, and I came back uh, and people told me what transpired. But evidently, she had gone to San Francisco and seen a spiritist and, and picked, up a, picked up a demon. Uh, she came to church that next Sunday when I was away, and she, she started, uh, I mean, the demon really started manifesting through her, saying things, speaking in a different voice and so on. And I, this is many years ago, so I don't remember a lot of the details. Uh, I, I, again, I heard about it. And this is not something that I personally would ever look forward to witnessing. I don't actually want to ever see this. But, uh, but to listen to what actually happened was, was really astonishing. And my pastor who was there, um, he, he basically delivered her by praying over her. And finally the demon left. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't remember at this time whether she had repented or or like what you were talking about yes that's a key that's a key thing in any exorcism people need to know that is that you know if they're when you come when a, a person comes out of that experience that they got to get them right away to repentance and acceptance of christ in their life because the devil has had resident in those people's lives and they got to replace it because if you don't replace it immediately, Jesus has seven more demons to come right. in that's worse than the first one. Yeah, they, so they find the house swept clean and and they just come right on in. Come you know? right on in. Yeah. The house got to be not only swept clean, it got to have a clean heart yeah. and a clean spirit that only Christ can bring, you know, and that sort of thing. Now, the interesting thing about uh, also uh, exorcisms as well, people have often asked me, well, why— Aren't there a lot of exorcism taking place in America? Well, there are some occasionally, and you see it in the Catholic circles because yeah. they, they, they practice it more. They don't make the nightly news. Yes. and <laughs> and then But in the Protestant world, we just don't deal with it like we should. And uh, But the, the a lot of the exorcism takes place in a lot of uh, countries that are – uh, people practicing voodoo mm. and uh, witchcraft and stuff like that. And even though it happens over here, too, you got to know where those people are and into Satanism. But in those other countries, there's a lot of the, uh, exorcism going on because it's big time in some of those other countries outside of, uh, of America. And, and, and Satan, uh, there's people today in America that's, uh, that's possessed, because if you don't have Christ in your life, you are possessed. You're either possessed by the Holy Spirit or you're possessed by Satan. Now, what happens when it comes to an exorcism or it comes to a person being uh, demon-possessed is when Satan has taken complete control of all of their faculties. That's not happened with most people. They have still some of their faculties <laughs> in yeah. place. And they're not all gone, but if you keep messing with Satan, 
it can cross over from halfway having your faculties to having all of your faculties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a scary thing. That's why you better get right with Jesus because he can take over at any time. But greater is he that's in us and he that's in the world. Amen. Amen, my brother. Yes, and that's a great place to end on. Wow, we've come to an end of another exciting broadcast, and we would like to thank Vince, our engineer, Frederick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being a part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note and let us know how this program has blessed you. If you are interested in receiving a copy of tonight's program or any of the broadcasts, give us a call at 415-721-1778. And please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time, when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.